0: Welcome to Fruit Snacks, a weekday podcast that covers big ideas about the Christian worldview in a bite-sized format. Hey everyone, welcome back. Today we're looking at Proverbs 13 and five Values, we'll just say, that I see in this proverb that come out of just looking at the different principles that are here. There's a a lot of different lines of thought in this proverb, but if you'll bear with me, I want to give us several examples of these different values as they are sort of highlighted and, and discussed in this proverb. Part of what I think is the purpose of this proverb or the theme of this proverb is that the righteous embody these five values that these are things we ought to strive to exemplify and that we should pray for god to cultivate in us and the first value that i see here in this proverb is the value of humility we see this in to to just list them first verse 1 verse 7 10 13 14 and 18 But just to to save a little bit of time, I'm going to read a couple examples, verse 1 and verse 10. Verse 1 says, a wise son hears his father's instruction, but a scoffer does not listen to rebuke. Verse 10 says, by insolence or by pride comes nothing but strife, but with those who take advice is wisdom. Part of why I say that this is humility that is being showcased here is because In both of these examples and in several of the verses in this passage, what it's contrasted with is someone who is so arrogant that they just reject advice, implying this idea that they think they don't need it, that they they aren't teachable, they have nothing to learn, they have arrived, so to speak. And the, the opposite of that would be someone who is teachable, someone who understands that they have not arrived, that they are willing to learn and that they're willing to consider that they might be wrong. That takes humility. It takes a certain view of yourself and a certain willingness to hold what you are and what you know with sort of an open hand and to just say, I'm, I'm on a journey here and I have not arrived and I probably never will. If there's someone who knows more than me, I'm happy to take the opportunity to learn and to grow from wherever it might come from. So I will listen to instruction from those who have been around longer than me. I will seek wisdom and advice from from others because I see them as valuable assets in my life, not liabilities or people who hold me back or just tell me things I don't want to hear. So humility is a huge character trait here. Another character trait or value that we see in this proverb is the value of contentment. And we see this, again, to just list them in verses 2, 8, 19, and 25 specifically. Now, verse 25 is the one I would like to highlight because it does such a great job of encapsulating this this, uh, character trait or this value. It says, The righteous has enough to satisfy his appetite, but the belly of the wicked suffers want. I don't know about you, but I struggle at times with contentment, with being willing to say, that's enough. I have enough. I have more than enough, actually. And I don't need that thing. I'm willing to forego it. And this isn't just a delayed gratification thing, although that's a a value as well. But we're not even talking about, oh, I'm not going to get it now because I know I'm going to get it later. Sometimes it's being willing to just give up something altogether. Just to say, I don't need that, and I probably never will. I have enough. Learning to be content with what we have causes us to focus and, and on and value and and be grateful for what we already have, rather than like here in this verse, um, being just perpetually unsatisfied. And part of what's interesting about this is this idea that the belly of the wicked is what is always wanting more. That there's a there's an attitude of never being satisfied with uh, with these people who just not only always want more, but the other interesting part about this is that their belly is never filled. They suffer want, and so they always want more, and yet. No matter how much they acquire, it never satisfies. They always still feel empty. And that ought to tell us that the the real answer to their issue is not in the acquiring of more stuff or things. And that is why being content is so powerful, because it should, should show us that that's not a path to being satisfied. Rather, true satisfaction comes from being in relationship with the Lord. No amount of stuff is going to fill that void in our lives. And so being content with what we have and being willing to forego because we can focus on other better things and we can be grateful for what we do have is a key value. Next is the value of restraint. Boy, is this a tough one. (laughs) We see this in verses 3, 16, and again in 25, that, that willingness to be content is also part of restraint. But I want us to look at verse three for this one in particular, which says, "Whoever guards his mouth preserves his life. He who opens wide his lips comes to ruin." Now, to put it bluntly, the idea in this proverb is, "Shut up; it'll do you more good than if you talk." <laughs> but I think there's a little bit more to it than that, and we can we can elaborate a little bit to say that this idea of guarding uh, your mouth doesn't mean that you you don't have the thought in your mind. Guarding your mouth means that you have thoughts. You just have a mechanism of control between whatever goes on in your brain and whatever comes out of your mouth. Now, James says in his epistle, you're not going to find very many people who actually have that mechanism. It's incredibly difficult to tame the tongue. And yet... This is a highly important character trait and value for us as God's people. Our ability to show restraint, our ability to have self-control, especially with regard to what we say, is going to be one of the defining characteristics that sets us apart. The next value is diligence. We see this in verses 4, 11, 15, 22, and 24. So just to highlight a couple of these in verse 11, wealth gained hastily will dwindle, but whoever gathers little by little will increase it. And then in verse 24, whoever spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him is diligent to discipline him. So diligence, this idea of baby steps, of putting in the slow, sometimes painful, sometimes thankless work, the day in, the day out that that in the end is what pays off more than the quick fix, the easy way, the shortcut. Think about how many lottery winners are bankrupt a year later because they never they never developed the skills needed and the mindset needed to be able to manage wealth well. Otherwise, they wouldn't have needed to win the lottery in the first place, right? People who have become entrepreneurs, who have built wealth when they didn't have family money that they started from, which is, by the way, the vast, vast majority of independently wealthy people, at least in the United States, are people who do not come from family money. They've built their wealth themselves. They do that by putting in 80-hour weeks to get their business off the ground. They do that by putting in sweat equity. They do that by getting up every single day and doing it whether or not anyone notices. That's how they build their wealth. And that's the same idea here. Is it's the diligence and, and the stick as my dad would say, that is really what's in focus. Now, why did I bring up verse 24? What does that have to do with diligence? Well, other than the fact that diligent is in the verse, disciplining children and raising a family, a godly family, is in many ways, I think, very similar. Now, I have littles. And it is the hardest thing in the world to be consistent in their discipline, to not go overboard in one direction and also not to to just give up because you're tired and you don't want to deal with it. Being willing to stick to your guns, to be consistent in the standards that you set, not to be a hypocrite and to set double standards or to change the standard because you feel a certain way or you're exhausted or you just don't want to deal with it right now. That takes work and it takes commitment. It takes diligence to be able to raise uh, children and a family well. And so the same principle that builds wealth, the same principle that uh, creates crops for a farmer is the same principle that creates a stable and consistent family dynamic. Lastly, we see just the value of character, being willing to be, righteous even when it puts you in the minority or even when it might harm you verses 5 6 9 17 20 and 21 here are some examples verse 5 the righteous hates falsehood but the wicked brings shame and disgrace verse 6 righteousness guards him whose way is blameless but sin overthrows the wicked and then lastly verse 20 whoever walks with the wise becomes wise but the companion of fools will suffer harm. There is something to be said about standing up for what's right, even if no one else does, even if no one likes it or agrees with you. And what we see here as well in verse 20 is the company that we keep really ought to be a challenge to us. It, it should it could encourage us if we happen to be keeping good company right now, but it should also convict us if that's not the case. And so our character is developed by those we keep company with. And if you want to be the kind of person who stands up for what's right, no matter what, you're not going to achieve that if you keep company with those who don't share your values and your morals and who don't see the world the way you do and who don't share a commitment to Christ, not not even just a Christian or biblical worldview, but a committed relationship to Christ. That shared core is what is going to sharpen each other and to allow you to develop the strength of character to to stand up when you need to. So these are all traits that I pray and and ask God to inculcate in, in every one of our lives, mine included, because we can always use more of these things. Uh, There is no limit to how much humility or contentment or restraint or diligence or character any of us can possess. So I pray that as you study this proverb more in depth for yourself, that God will begin the process of, through the Holy Spirit in your life, just bringing more of these characteristics out in you as you interact with others and spread the gospel to them through your words and through your life.